fucking say the lines. Like right now. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Big Trouble Little Podcast, episode 165. I am Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. I'm Zach. And if you haven't noticed, I am back. I forgot what Andy said about me. I, I think something about being in Afghanistan. I came back. Um... Vin Diesel brought me back. He uh, busted through Afghanistan and said, family. And he uh, saved everybody. So all the Americans are back home now because of Vin Diesel and family. Um, but yeah, we're back. Uh, these guys last week watched Suburban Commando. And I just want to say, I'm a little disappointed that you guys, I mean, you didn't hate it. But you just like fucking destroyed the shit out of it. <laughs> we knew you'd be disappointed. Like, yeah. We were recording it. And I was like, this isn't what Dubs wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of took all of the piss out of it. Yeah, because I was. <laughs> and it, it, what's funny is when I was watching your guys' video, like you guys are just like, man, I got to talk about this film. And I was like, oh, man, I wish they. I, I, I wasn't like pissed off that you were, uh, you know, didn't like it. Uh, I was just like, they didn't have fun, so <laughs> so I was like, all right, whatever. I, I just remember it being fun. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of movies I watched when I was a kid that I love now, but are awful. Like, I want to say objectively terrible, and in a lot of cases they are. You know, like, I love, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example, uh, Space Jam. Space Jam's a piece of shit, but goddammit, I love that movie. <laughs> Like, if someone watched Space Jam now, someone our age, they'd probably hate it. They'd probably be like, this is stupid. And we'd be like, Bill Murray turns up. Yeah, there's no reason for it. It's hilarious. They probably like Space Jam 2 at this point. But then again, who knows? Maybe they maybe they hate that. Uh, and also, if you notice on video, um, because I know we have more audio listeners than video, uh, but I am in a new, new place. Uh, and I don't, you can see my TV, which is right near me. My bed's in the back. I'm in one room. That's because I'm back with my parents for now. Um, but yeah, that's why I wasn't here, really. <laughs> it's not because of Vin Diesel. Um, <laughs> but we're, we are going to be start, starting a new set of movies. We're doing our backlog uh, movies. And I've never seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. These guys did, but I didn't. So that's why it's my backlog. Uh, and we're going to talk about that. But before we get into that, guys, what the hell have you been watching, playing, or doing? And we're going to start off with Andy. Yay, I'm the good one. No, not really. Um, <laughs> I, I read some more of uh, Jason Schreier's book, uh, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. It's not his newest book. It's the one that came out before that about development of games. Uh, I'm a slow reader, but I've gotten through a few more chapters. But notably, one of them was about Diablo 3. But it's not about the development of Diablo 3 so much as it, it starts on launch night, you know, era 37 and all that shit. And it follows development up through the release of the first expansion instead, which is really interesting. Cause you know, they, they, they roll back a bunch of ideas and change loot and they get rid of the auction house. And it like walk, walks through all of those development decisions. It was really, it was one of the best chapters so far. Um, I played a ton of Forza horizon four. I'm sure everyone's getting sick of hearing us talk about that. Um, I uh, I had a bunch of vacation time, and I was like, I'm going to watch all these movies I have been putting off. I'm going to watch some TV shows. I watched seasons uh, two through, like, 
nine of Trailer Park Boys. I know it was like the fifth or sixth time I've seen it. I just, I just, I just, sometimes you just want to relax, you know, like <laughs> I can watch something heavy and, you know, entertain my brain, but sometimes you just want junk food. And that's what Trailer Park Boys is. But I did also um, watch all of season two of Halt and Catch Fire. I'm back on that show. It's still great. I don't know if I'm going to go straight on to season three or if I'm going to space it out like I did seasons one and two. Um, what else? Oh, and right after watching this week's movie, I went and watched Death Proof just because it was on my mind and I love that movie. Yeah. Cool. Zach, what about you? Um, I watched a few movies over the holiday weekend and a show i watched batman and batman returns again because my sister was there with us she's like i want to watch those and i was like all right you know me if i really like a movie you don't gotta twist my arm and make me watch it again really yeah batman um, uh magic mike uh no that's your favorite <laughs> movie not mine don't project onto me did you uh right after the movies did you direct her to our episodes for our commentary? No. Okay. No, he's embarrassed of us. Yes. <laughs> no, but she was like, yeah, I'm going to watch the next two. And I'm like, you can do that without me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not doing those again. <laughs> um, then we watched uh, Titans season three. Okay. And uh, that was interesting. Uh, they're kind of doing like the Red Hood story, but it's like way different from like in the comics and everything. Wait, is Batman in it? Batman is in it, but you never see him as Batman. You just see him as Bruce Wayne. He's kind of okay. old. Uh, apparently, he's some actor from Game of Thrones, and I, I don't know. I, that has no significance to me. No, I, it's just, you know, to do the Red Hood story, you kind of need the significance of, you know, the Joker murdered him, right? Yeah, I mean, I can tell you what happens if you never plan on watching it. That's, that's that's okay. We'll leave it out in case any of our <laughs> listeners are going to watch it, because I know it's still new. Sure, but uh, it's it's quite different, uh, but okay. They, they do some things interesting. They do some things that are like, ah, I don't know, guys. That's kind of like that whole show, though, really, in a, in a nutshell. They, 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 they take risks. They do things very different sometimes from what you expect. Um, what else did I Well, I watched All Out. And we're going to talk about that two days from now. Mm-hmm. Um, all the stuff has to do with that. And I played, uh, I played Persona Five. I think I'm getting real close to finishing this now. And Fighting EX Layer, which is uh, a fighting game by that developer Akira, who made the Street Fighter EX series. Oh, is this the new one or whatever? Yeah, it came out a couple years ago. Um, and like my, my brother was coming uh, to the house. He was just like, Hey, do you have that? And I'm like, yeah, I just haven't played it since I got it a couple years ago. <laughs> I had to update it and get it ready. And then I actually beat the arcade mode after we got done goofing off on it. So I actually beat that game. Um, that's kind of been it for me. Okay. That leads to me. Um, so during the moving process, because the reason why I wasn't here is not well, one is because of move Two, I was here, but my room wasn't ready. So I was in another room that had no rug and my brother and his girlfriend were in this room um, because 
they wanted to move to the other room. So I was working in the room with no rug and I didn't feel like taking all my equipment and putting it in there. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wait. Um, but during that time of waiting, I did watch movies. My dad has seen the Matrix movies, but he forgot about the plot and everything. So we watched all the Matrix movies. It's easy to do. Yes. Um, we watched one, two, and three. Again, Matrix, and then Reloaded, and then Revolution. I Quickly, I just want to... A lot of people give hate for the second and third. I'm not saying it's great and amazing, but I think people put too much hate on those two films. Um, I think it's fine. Um, I think they explain a lot of lore, and I think people just wanted more action than anything. Um, because... I think there was plenty of action. I like those movies. I, I know it's not a popular opinion, but I straight up like them. Like, I don't apologize for them. Fuck you. Yeah. It's the Matrix. What did you expect? <laughs> and just in time, by the way, because Thursday, they did a teaser today for Matrix 4. Um, right. And Thursday, um, they are going to be doing the trailer for it. So I'm interested in what, you know, the Wachowski sisters now are doing because they did transition. Um, what? Are both of them involved or not? Because I heard heard conflicting stuff. Like at one point it was just one of them, and then it was like one of them, but the other one is like kind of involved in a small producer role, and then it was co-written, but it wasn't. I don't know the names, but I know one of them is like the main director, and the other one is just a producer. Like they were gonna do. Okay, so it's that. Yeah, yeah they, they were gonna do both of them, but I think, <laughs> I think the other uh, sister now. Uh, wants to do her own thing. They don't want to be known as like the duo. Um, so apparently, that person is going to have. It's too late. They're already known as the duo. Yeah. yeah, it's it's too late. Like they they even transitioned together. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't at the same time though. I don't think was it. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I, I didn't think it was. I the uh, one of the Cohen brothers is striking out on his own now. I think it's Joel. So I guess that's a thing now. Like there's all these director duos i'm like fuck don't do my own thing now fuck my brother mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh i'm interested to see what happens because you know if, if we all remember the matrix story fucking trinity died and fucking neo sacrificed himself like in the real world so like i don't know how they're gonna do it are, are they just gonna have like their uh copies that are in the matrix just living i guess maybe i don't know but anyway, uh, I watched Matrix. I wa I introduced my dad to the horror flick, uh, The Empty Man, um, which is a good film. Uh, it's on HBO Max. I highly recommend it. Um, I, uh, you have it. You wondering what The Empty Man's about? A little bit. Yeah. Uh, the Empty Man. It's hard to explain. There's a cult. I'll explain it this way. It's there's a weird cult that involves uh, time, uh, manifestation, uh, and concentration, which equals flesh. That's the only way I can, I can explain it to you. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll play on the new flesh, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's on HBO Max. It's about a two-hour film, but it has a thirty-minute prologue before you get to the title screen <laughs> yeah 
right, but you say it's good, right? Because it sounds like it's up its own ass when it's got a thirty minute prologue. Yeah, it, it's really good. It, it, in the my dad is such into like he needs action right away. I was like, you gotta wait. <laughs> it builds up. It builds up to the point where I'm just like, he's like, whoa, what the fuck is going on here when the cult gets involved? Um, but we watched the Empty Man. Trying to think of what games I played. I only played like people not interested. I played fucking Madden twenty two. Um, Boo. Yeah. <laughs> Boo. That's okay. That that's interesting enough, I guess. Yeah, and it's I. It's funny. I went. I was at where was I? A Target or something? I was somewhere where they sell new video games, and in the new video games thing, it was uh, No More Heroes three, which I really wanted but didn't buy, and Med 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 Med. I'm actually doing something with like my Twitch channel where I'm just going to be playing through my backlog games. And if I finish five games, I buy a new game. So that's what I'm going to be doing. That's what I always do. I tell myself I'm not allowed to buy the new one unless I beat the one I got. You know, I, I got to beat. I've never beat No More Heroes 2. I want to beat that and then I'll get three. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I. Oh, and I watched. Uh, I started The Leftovers. Uh, I don't know if you're into that show. It's when the rapture happens and people like 2% of the population in the world disappeared and they all think they gone to heaven. And I, I only watched four episodes so far, so I have no idea what's going on yet. <laughs> I have not heard of it. Yeah. I've heard of left behind that book series. Is it like that? It's kind of like that, but it, it has the writer from lost. So it's probably a lot of fucking twists and turns and shit. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm did that and more Sopranos. Well, people already know about Sopranos, so I don't know about Sopranos. <laughs> Gabagool, that's all you need to know. Um, all right, let's get into Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So I'm gonna say this right off the bat. This this is my favorite Tarantino film. Uh big, big statement. Yeah. Why? Pulp fiction was at number one. And this dethrones it. Um, it's hard, it's kind of hard to explain a little bit because it teaches it it shows Hollywood in this film, obviously because Hollywood's in the name. Uh, leader uh, Leo and Brad Pitt, probably good duos, have amazing chemistry. Uh, the plot of the film is where where Tarantino really gets me sometimes because he throws a lot of just like nothingness in there. And what I mean not, nothingness is that there's a plot and sometimes it leads to something and sometimes it doesn't. So I the, the perfect example of that is the whole movie, it shows Sharon Tate just doing stuff, getting yeah. off a plane. She's coming from Europe or something. And she goes home. She's hanging out with Roman Polanski and they go to the Playboy Mansion and she goes to a bookstore. She goes to see a movie and you're like, is this leading to something? Because I know history. So it's leading to something, but mm. then it doesn't. And that's kind of the point is that it doesn't lead to anything because the the whole movie is based around the, the Manson family murders, which just in case there's someone listening who doesn't know what that is, the, the Charles Charlie Mansion had a bunch of hippies that he basically brainwashed into some weird cult. And at some point, they went up to the hills and murdered uh, Sharon Tate and um, some other people that aren't famous enough for me to remember their names. Sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> but this movie takes place at least the finale takes place on that night, and that's kind of what it plays with in a similar way to Inglorious Bastards, you know, spoiler alert, obviously. Yeah. 
so I'm going to tell you what captured me and like kept me going along because there there are times where Tarantino is full of himself and he just fucking just writes shit and I'm just like all right come on bro get 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 to the point get to the point get to the point and um the Rick Dalton storyline is what had me from beginning to end just him being like this so this actor who's just kind of stuck in his like television bad guy role everywhere he goes and he's always thinking that he's washed up uh and then he obviously has that you know uh western thing with the kid and uh the thing plays the heavy yeah and, and he was the star of Bounty Law in the 50s. Yeah, and he was in an uh, episode of FBI where he fucking shotgunned those two fucking soldiers and shit. He was a bad guy. He was the heavy. Yeah, and um, I I liked, like, when he was doing that, uh, that, that sh- was it a show or a movie? The one where he, the, the, the one with the kid, where he, like, threw the kid on it. It was a show? Uh, yeah, it was an episode of the show, New Western they're doing. He, when he was doing that stuff, I was like, hey, like, we all know Leo is a good actor and everything. But, like, in that scene, I was like, I wanted to see that show because <laughs> I was so interested. <laughs> I was so interested in, in, like, wondering what's going on uh, because there are times where there was a lot of meta going on. Like, obviously, you're watching a movie where it's being filming another show or a movie and they're just acting and you you're kind of like the director a little bit waiting to see <laughs> and, I, and i love the part where leo fucks up the line and he starts crying and then the director's just like say the line what the fuck say the line that was one of my favorite parts um brad pitts cliff booth so rick dalton and cliff booth are real or are they fake I, I think they're fictional. Okay. They're fictional. Rick Dalton, you could argue, is like a analog for um oh man, there even the, the bounty law show is like you feel like is a playoff some kind of famous show from the fifties. I used to remember it. Um <clears throat> the guy in it's famous for using that the mayor's leg uh <laughs> rifle, the short rifle with the um lever action. Man, his name's his name's really escaping me right now. But um, is it the Virginian? No, yeah, okay. it's it's not the Virginian. But um, uh, but yeah, uh, this this stuff is like analogous to that. And Cliff Booth is just, I think, somebody that's just made up entirely. Well, they they trick you a little bit. Like you can be forgiven for wondering that because it's integrated so seamlessly with all the stuff that is real. Yeah, like there's the backstory where he's talking to. Bruce Lee on the set of Green Hornet. Like, that's legit. Like, Bruce Lee was on the set of Green Hornet. Like, you know, that makes mm-hmm. sense. He's like, oh, I almost got Steve McQueen's role in The Great Escape. And then they show him being in that role. I really like that part because it, it does that musical sting every time Timothy Oliphant says something else about it. And you can tell he's, like, real butthurt about it. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a real movie that Steve McQueen was in. And then there's that stuff where Steve McQueen is explaining to that woman and therefore the audience what the deal is with Sharon Tate and Roman Polanski and the hairdresser whose name I can never remember. But, you know, Roman Polanski and Sharon Tate are the famous people, so I remember them. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, I like that he's like, uh, eventually, 
Roman's going to fuck up and he's going to be there when he does. And, you know, history show, yeah, Roman plays, he fucks up big time. But there's a whole thing about, oh, was he like mentally scarred from this murder? But we're not going to get into that. You just, you just said the name, Steve McQueen. Rick Dalton is supposed to be kind of like Steve McQueen. And then there's, he was in that show, Wanted, Dead or Alive, where he was a bounty hunter. Oh, but Steve McQueen's in this movie. Well, uh, someone who plays Steve McQueen. Someone who's like, yes, but yeah. you know what I'm saying. Okay. Um, but uh, by the way, the, the should we talk about the whole Cliff Booth and the Bruce Lee scene uh, where everybody makes a big deal out of this scene? And, like, it's offensive. They they pissed on Bruce Lee's legacy, or some people think that. I, th- like, I, I think that was something to get clicks around the time the movie came out because it, like, died down immediately. And in hindsight, it was uh, – I, everyone was just kind of like, they didn't care about it too much and watching it a second time. It just, it doesn't seem like it's really being that offensive to like Bruce Lee was kind of cocky. Sometimes like sometimes he could be, everyone could be an asshole. Sometimes I always thought that everybody took that scene the wrong way because they read it the wrong way. Cause to me, it was like cliff was having like a daydream about doing that. And then it was over and he was just like, yeah, right whatever and he goes back to fixing his his satellite dish well, or at the end he says i think fair enough or yeah something. fair yeah like i think everybody read that scene the wrong way and took it literally like that well, was literally something that happened when he drops rick off he's like hey do you did you talk to the the guy who's doing the stunts on this do you think you'll have a place for me and he says ah well the guy who's doing stunts on this is best friends with uh whoever the guy was the, the the stunt guy on Kurt Russell. It's Kurt Russell's character. He was he's best friend was Kurt Russell, and uh, then he remembers. Oh yeah, Kurt Russell hates me, and his wife hates me even more because I threw Bruce Lee into her car, as well yeah. as other things. I don't know, that I took it to be like, the, you know, you're told he hates you, or you're told this guy hates Brad Pitt's character. He's not going to get work. And then Brad Pitt remembers why he's not going to get work. And he goes, fair enough. Like, okay, I get it. I get why I'm not getting hired by this guy. (laughs) They also do like this, like subplot thing. Like, you know, during that Bruce Lee scene, you know, obviously Kurt Russell's like, he killed his fucking wife. Like they do that scene and you never learn if he killed his wife, but he kind of like. Now. Are you saying that scene never happened with him beating up Bruce Lee? Because the way I looked at it is that he was on the set and he caused problems with Bruce Lee. And that's why Rick Dalton. I think it's embellished. Okay. You know, like he, like it's embellished a little. Okay. Just the way I took it. Because it's like, it seems like so ridiculous. Because he talks about like manslaughter. uh, Because like, you know, some, you know, the. You don't really just murder someone. I forgot the context, but he talked about manslaughter, and I, I thought that was like well, because Bruce Lee says his hands are registered as deadly weapons. If I kill someone <laughs> with my hands, I'll go to jail. And then Cliff Booth is like, if anyone kills anyone with their hands, they go to jail. It's called manslaughter. Yeah, and I, I thought that was kind of like saying, yeah, I by accident killed my wife with the harpoon, and that's manslaughter. It was an accident. Yeah. <laughs> There's a the first time I saw the movie, I was like, I think I think you could you could say he didn't do it. I he probably did it, <laughs> and it, <laughs> yeah. it's hard because uh, 
Cliff Booth is such a likable character. I, I think I like him more than Rick Dalton, but it's that one thing, that huge black mark on his character that makes you like, oh, he might be a murderer. But also, God damn, I really like this guy. He's really cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's definitely a murderer. He kills two people in self-defense at the end of the movie. But besides that. Yeah. And, and is it maybe my brain was stupid um, because I didn't the Manson thing didn't click until literally the end. But, really? Yeah. Uh, because I was like, wow, what is this weird hippie bullshit that's going on on an old set with George? That, that's that's all like realistic. Like, they, I guess they actually did some of that. I, I know some of it. Like, I'm not an expert on it, but I'm aware of it just because it's history. Shit. Yeah, because I I got weirded out a little bit because they kept on uh, <laughs> their spawn ranch. Yeah, and they <laughs> like the party's like, my name's Tex. What part of Texas are you from? <laughs> and then at the end, he's like, I forgot your da- your name was stupid or something. Yeah, no, he says, uh, I know you. You're from Spawn Ranch. You're the you're. I remember your white face. I remember your hair. I can't remember your name. He says, I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's work which is apparently something he actually said that night, like historically, from what I understand. But I'm the devil. I'm here to do the devil's work. He says, no, I was stupider than that. <laughs> dumber than that or something like that. I yeah. love that at the end where he's like laid up in the, the gurney or whatever, like the aftermath of all that. And he's like, he said, no, I'm the devil and uh, I'm here to do devil shit. I don't devil remember shit. what he said. <laughs> <laughs> um. I like Rick Dal- Dalton's character. Um, I think he's my favorite. Cliff Booth is my second favorite. Because uh, Cliff Booth is just like, he's the macho of Rick Dalton, kind of. Um, obviously, because he's the stuntman of him. And well, Rick Dalton, uh, I-, I had to stop watching this movie this time. Rick Dalton is like, um, sensitive, uh, not sensitive, he's... um not helpless i'm trying to think of the right word he's uh oh i almost had it he's uh, cliff cliff booth is starts with an i i i'm I'm thinking of the same word you're thinking it's not coming out (laughs) they're like uh they're they're two halves of the masculine psyche Mm -hmm. cliff booth is yang and yang um, you you can't you can't hurt him and he's like a badass and he smokes and he drinks and stuff but rick dalton trying to be badass trying to look cool actually very sensitive very uh you know upset with himself rick dalton's insecure insecure yeah Cliff booth is very secure yeah <laughs> I, I like the part where he's like shooting a fire a flamethrower and he's like can, can we like eliminate this this heat oh it's too hot can we we gotta we can we turn the seat down uh, Rick, it's a flamethrower. <laughs> and he's like, oh, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, the whole hippie angle, which is really funny because I, I just like how Cliff and uh, Rick Dalton are just like, you fucking hippies, man. Just fucking, <laughs> you're just fucking smoking, you lazy and stuff. Uh, That's a theme in Tarantino's movies, uh, hatred of hippies. Yeah. Um... Yeah, the, the the pussy character, I, I said this before the show and also on the f- Facebook, she's the voice actress for uh, Mama in Death Stranding. So, Not just the voice actress, she's the, the body double and the, the face capture, isn't she? Yeah, and she's also, yeah. she's also in The Leftovers, by the way. 
she's one of the main character's daughters and i was like oh i've seen her before uh <laughs> which you know had that weird uh scene um because every time you think of uh actors and occultists and hollywood and all that stuff you think of pedophilia <laughs> and like the part where uh cliff booth is driving pussy to the the ranch she's like well you know can i suck your dick while you're driving and he's like give me your license and stuff like he was smart about it but i'm like wow tarantino's <laughs> tarantino's writing about this and uh he's actually friends with harvey weinstein uh, weinstein i'm like this not is anymore. yeah not anymore everybody well, that was that was the big thing this movie got delayed because the weinsteins financed every tarantino movie until this one because that shit happened and Tarantino said, well, I got to fucking find someone else to finance this movie because I'm not doing it here anymore because, you know, Weinstein mm. isn't a thing anymore. So he went to Sony. Yeah. And uh, you had that weird scene. Uh, and then, you know, you see her armpits and her hairy. That was also weird for me, too, to see. You also see all the feet. If you were never certain that he had <laughs> yeah. a foot thing, this is where this is the movie that makes it very clear. <laughs> I, they've all made it pretty clear. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, She's got her feet up on the dash of Cliff's, well, Rick's car, technically. And uh, uh, you see Margot Robbie's feet when she's watching the movie. Then when he goes to Star Ranch and sees all the girls in the living room watching the TV, there's like four or five other busted TVs, and they all got their feet up on the TV screens. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Mm. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think other scenes that, like, I, I do like the part where he beats up the hippie because of the, the tire and shit. It's like, can I get a cloth? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, can, can I get a cloth to you know wipe out the blood? No, <laughs> you fix that. It may be after. Uh, and then what what else am I trying to think of? What, what do you guys have to say about the movie? Who's gonna go first? Is a question. I'll go first. Okay. Um, I really liked this when I originally saw it. Um, and I'd seen it a couple times after that and spaced out over months, and a, a year or something like that. So I've seen it a few times since it's come out. Um, I was I'm trying to think where I really put it at, like, I guess in the whole Tarantino hierarchy, it's pretty high up there for me just off the top of my head. Cause I like, I, I just like the where it was set, the time, where it's kind of like the late, would you call this the end of, like, the golden age of Hollywood when this is set? Kind of, yeah. I would say. Is what, I thought that's what it was going for. I don't know what's really considered the end of the golden age. Um, But I thought it was this. I thought it was around this time. Because they're still talking about, you know, like, shows and and bounty law and, and then there's like people like roman polanski and directors like that are starting to come in and change how hollywood is and whatnot um but <clears throat> i i even like just the scenes where like cliff is just driving around like when he drops rick off at his house and he's like all right brother i'll see you later and the, he has to drive all the way back to his his fucking camper like mm. on the other side of town or whatever I've heard some people say, I hate that. That's boring. I'm like, no, I love that. I love when he drives to his camper. That's uh, that's one of my favorite things about this movie is the way that Cliff drives. 
Yeah. He's always driving like a son of a bitch. Like he's always passing people. He's always going too fast. He's weaving in and out of traffic. <laughs> but yeah, that's how I drive. <laughs> and what what's great about like Cliff is like when he's told what to do with Rick Dalton, he's like he's a total bro. <laughs> he's like, yo, can you fix the antenna for me? And then that's that that's when he runs into pussy and all that stuff. And uh, you know, she's trying to like pick him up. Uh, or you know, go for uh, get driven probably to the ranch earlier than when he does, uh, and he's just like, no, I gotta go that way. See you later. And he, the, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just gonna say. Then he goes to the antenna, and then that's when we get the the flashback scene or whatever, or him dreaming. Yeah, the the end of this movie is probably one of my favorite endings of any movie. <laughs> I love it. It's one of the fucking I, I every time I every time I've seen the end of this movie, which is three times, I've laughed out loud hysterically. Yes, Same just thing. can't control it. It's just it's too amazing, and a lot of people are like horrified by like the outrageous amount of violence. But that's part of the absurdity. Like it's uh, it's it's so amazing. I love it. When when Rick comes out of his his shed with that flamethrower, it's the funniest thing that has ever been put on film. It is funnier than anything Charlie Chaplin could have ever done, and he was a comedic genius. It's just it's so amazing every time. Well, I I like that he's explaining it to uh, the the neighbor and stuff, and uh, he's just like, well, "What happened?" He's like, "Well, you know, Cliff fought up to, and I, you know, torched the the one in my pool." He's like, Torch. He's like, yeah, I have a flamethrower. And then he like brings out the movie that he was in. He's like, yeah, of the something of something of McCluskey. I can't remember. Yeah. Okay, Castle Wolfenstein. <laughs> and, and it's funny because my favorite part of that ending is. uh, The intercom, like Rick Dalton, just like leaning in, speaking to the intercom. It's like, oh, why don't you come in and have a few drinks and stuff? While his wife is like out of five sleeping pills, sleeping with the dog. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he's just like, yeah, and that's how it ends. And it's just like, even though maybe that that fight scene was all fictional, obviously, because of the fictional characters and what happened. Um, but at the same time, it's just like, I, I feel like this is what Hollywood would be like. It's like, oh, you know, you dealt with that. I guess we're going to be friends now. You're kind of big now because you're that happened to you. And that's how they become like they've been neighbors this whole fucking movie. And this is the first time they actually conversate with each other. Look, they never conversate with each other throughout the whole movie. And I think that's hilarious. And I, I like the part where uh, the Pulaski is the, the name um they they go to the party right and i think either the hair whoever was like explaining is like yeah that person is dating this person and now the, this person's with that person it kind of explains like hollywood is just like everything's fake and relationship is fake but the reason why they're doing it is to get ahead did i read that right that scene Maybe I don't didn't really read anything from it. I just thought mm. it was a fact. Yeah, it just it just seemed like matter of fact, like this is the way it was. Okay. Steve's like, I never had a chance. 
which he was <laughs> married at that time, but apparently it was well known that he his his eye was wandering at that point <laughs> in his career. <laughs> um, I like fucking Al Pacino's character. <laughs> and the, God, about him. <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> and that's where he like opens up Rick Dalton's eyes. Like, wow, he just kind of said, "I, I, I'm, I suck." Because <laughs> you, you know, you playing because you know those actors, right? Like, they get stuck with the same thing over and over again. Like, if you think Some of, do. like, uh, I forgot his name, something Anderson, uh, the guy who plays MacGyver. He will always be known for two roles: MacGyver and the guy from Stargate SG One. That's that's the I only. Him as yeah. <laughs> well, I've known him from Stargate SG One, and he's been on there for like what, like nine to ten seasons. Um, so like, people get stuck in those roles and they never leave. Like a shot Bayo kind of situation. Yes. And uh, oh, I I also want to bring up the fact that the child uh, actress, uh, what's her name, Julia Butters, who plays Trudy Frazier. Mm-hmm. Amazing, I I loved her like short role in that film. She's like I I want you to call me by my uh, my stage name uh, because I want to be into the character and stuff. And when he gets thrown when she gets thrown on the floor, she's like I wear pad I wear padding. I sometimes I throw myself on the ground even when I'm not getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, overall, I I love this movie. Um, like I said, I don't know how to explain it besides me liking Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth and what their story led to. And um, oh, I we we can talk about this scene before, like the whole violent scene where uh, Rick Dalton is making a margarita or whatever, and uh, he hears their car and he tells them to fucking back the fuck up. And I fucking love that part. <laughs> it's a goddamn private road. <laughs> Pay my taxes, property tax out the ass. So dirty hippies. <laughs> and like when they back up and they're just like, "Wait, that's Rick Dalton. That's that's the guy from Bounty Law." And they're like, "Oh my god, I had his like lunchbox." <laughs> and uh, like after that, like they still want to kill because of Manson and everything because they're brainwashed. But I guess that. The, the, the... The girl with the white face was like, "Oh, I've been expanding my mind, and I thought, like, what if we kill the people who taught us to kill or some stupid hippie bullshit?" Yeah, <laughs> but what... <laughs> then history was changed. Yes, that's the thing. Nobody died that night except for them. Yeah. Well, the which wouldn't it be nice if that was indeed the way it had gone? Would it be nice if they just got torched and killed by a stuntman? The, uh, especially his last three of his last four movies, but also in all of his other movies, Tarantino does this wonderful thing where his villains are villains, like Nazis, slave owners, murderous hippies, like really awful people that, that when they get fucked at the end, you're like, yes, this is, I don't want ambiguity. I want, I want evil people having justice dealt to them like it's so gratifying that when the nazis die at the end of glorious bastards when the slave owners 
die at the end of Django Unchained, when the hippies die at the end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like, it's just so good to watch, and it makes you feel so good to see it. I, I think that's a big part of why his movies... He's, like, getting away with something, I feel like, especially with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, less so those other movies. But if someone else, someone with less clout, tried to make this movie, it would get, like hacked to hell or it would never get greenlit or you can't do this you can't do that and i feel like he's gaming the system or like he's getting away with something and he's giving something that we all want to see but i i don't know i don't know if it's something we should like glorify or not but god damn it it's glorious Mm -hmm. (laughs) glorious sorry wrestling um did the one chick that chickened out in the Manson group, was that real? Did one actually chicken out? Do you know? I'm not sure. I don't know that much about it. Yeah, I don't know that much either. I, I, I really like that, like, humor in that scene. Oh, man, I forgot my knife. Uh, You're going to need my keys to get back in the car. And then she just fucking drives off. And you're like, fuck, that bitch. And they're like, we're going to do the deed, and we're just all going to split up. And then uh, they just never split up because they die. Uh, and that was perfect. Overall, what I'm going to say is I highly recommend this movie. I had fun. Uh, I actually went into this movie because I looked at the time and I'm like two hours and something minutes. And so, and I was like, oh, man, it's going to be a ton of talking, which there still is a ton of talking. Um, but it has the right flow. Uh, in it's this. a ton of Tarantino talking. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. Yeah, but I could like. I mean, some of his movies are just people talking. I was, and I'd say, you know what? I would just watch a movie of, of like characters talking if he made it. He He's done that several around, times. He plays around with the the Tarantino pregnant pauses in this movie a little bit. Like he has a lot of those scenes where stuff really slow is happening, but it's really tense. Like the opening scene in Glorious Bastards when he's talking to the guy who's hiding the Jews under his floorboards. It's like really slow really quiet and as the scene goes on it like builds on the tension that doesn't happen in this movie as much except when brad pitt goes to spawn ranch but it's it's different because it's not just two characters talking what's happening is like he's there's a progression it's more interesting than shot reverse shot it's not just two characters talking he's like going up and talking to someone and then going in and talking to bruce stern and stuff like that but it, it has the same kind of tension building on tension to it especially if you already know history like i went into the movie already knowing that it was kind of about the weird manson cult and i was aware of their weird like i when i watched that scene i was like well fuck is he gonna die in this scene like it's really tense and then he like smashes if he's facing and makes him change his tire and it's like okay tension <laughs> dissolved <laughs> i i do want... it's still there a little bit because the the one shit goes and gets text and he gets back too late obviously yeah, I do like the part where he's talking to George and he's like, who are you? I'm Cliff. I'm, I used to work here with you. And, he, and then he's like, so you're with the redhead? I'm blind, you idiot. I need to watch FBI later. <laughs> That's how the scene ends. I love that scene. Uh, it's great. Uh, but I'm guessing you guys also recommend the film, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's... I have a hard time ranking Tarantino movies, but I'm I'm confident it's in my top three. Wait, maybe one day. I mean, we won't have to watch this again since we already did watch it. 
Uh, maybe we'll have a Tarantino ranking at some point. Uh, this was his ninth film, technically. Yeah. yeah. Not counting weird side stuff. Um, we didn't talk about this uh, because I don't know your guys' pick. So who's going next as far as the next movie? Zach is. Zach. Repo Man. Repo Man. That's the one with Emilio Estevez? Yes. Nice. And Harry Dean Stanton. Sweet. I, I never seen Repo Man, so I'm excited. <laughs> Emilio Estevez, like, he has the Mighty Ducks, but he, he, was, he did other things besides those movies, if anybody doesn't know. But he had a stint where he did things in the 80s. He was in big movies. He was in Young Guns. He was in Breakfast Club. He was in yeah, St. Elmo's Club. Fire. He was. He, he had a, a good run there, mostly in the 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. Early 90s is kind of where he fizzled out. Yeah, after Mighty Ducks is when he fizzled out, I think. Um, that sounds about right. <laughs> did you ever see his uncle's movies, by the way? Uh, no. There's uh, Michael Sheen's... Uh, Brothers, something Estevez, uh, Soul Catcher or whatever, a Soul Stealer. It was a Mystery Science Theater three thousand film. It's fucking hilarious. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but other than that, remember guys to watch Repo Man. Come back here and we'll talk about it. Um, and we always end it with some news that matter to us. And uh, we already got ten minutes on the clock, as far as Google tells me. Uh, but we're going to talk about one news item here, and that is Sony is, well, has been charging $10 for upgrades for, you know, going from PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5. I know Final Fantasy does it. I know Ghost of Tsushima does it, and they're also doing it with other games, and people are having an uproar about it because Microsoft is doing it for free, some of their games. Um, there's actually some games that they are charging upgrades, but most of Sony's games, you have to pay that $10. I I mean, free is for me, obviously, but I don't mind paying the $10 if, it's, if it shows. If it doesn't show, I really don't care. This is the the same. This is the, the game price conversation yet again. It's just in a, in a disguise this time. Because Sony and, and who else? I can't remember. EA and Square or something said they were going to do the $70 game thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's, this is, it's the same conversation. Uh, you bought, uh, you bought uh, uh, Ghost of Tsushima on PlayStation 4. You want it on PlayStation 5. Well, you're going to have to pay the difference. You're going to have to pay that $10 difference. It's it's just the same conversation with a new change of clothes. So, you know, is the game worth another $10? Maybe, but... You know, people don't want to pay more. They want to pay less. I don't I, know. Is the value there? That's really all that matters. It's just, it's interesting. Like, if it's an industry-wide thing, it would be easier to stomach. But it's just strange, because some are doing it, some aren't. Sony's <sighs> Sony's doing this weird thing. Um, because every time, uh, and this is leading to more money things, but Sony's been blocking crossplay uh, with certain things, because they have to pay a certain amount of money. Uh, that's why you see certain games that are only doing crossplay between uh, Xbox and PC, and it's never or Xbox, PC, and Switch, and never with Sony because Sony's just charging an outrageous money to do crossplay with their consoles, and people are just like, "Why?" Like I, I thought they were the top system last generation. Are they losing money? 
Like, why are they doing that? I don't think they want anything to do with the competition. Is really what it boils down to. Even with upgrades, like the ten dollars, like I don't think that has anything to do with it. I think they made their own decision about that. Mm. It's, you got to remember, this is a Japanese company. I guess. Yeah, it kind of shows. Like they have a different business acumen sometimes. They don't really play well with other companies like that. They they're always we are our own culture, our own monolith. Fuck everybody else. That's kind of always their attitude about everything. It doesn't matter if it's games, cars, what have you, whatever. Yeah. I I know Ghost of Shishima had like a weird ten dollar upgrade, like what they were hiding features behind that ten dollar thing, which I think that's wrong. In my opinion, it was like a director's cut. Uh, the only thing I'm aware that they added was uh, lip syncing for the Japanese audio track. Yeah, and then they had like some co-op upgrades as well. Which, by the way, I gotta play that game. Um, I'm hearing nothing but like fucking amazing things about that game. Yeah, I bought it. I just haven't got around to it. Yeah, same. same I, I got I got the Xbox, and it's like, you know, I want to play my new toy. You know. Mm-hmm. I had to think about this, but I, I guess I decided I don't really like it because. To me, this would be like um, they're always talking about how it's like, oh, we're we're doing things more. We have a more PC centric architecture now, and all this stuff. This would be like if you bought a new computer and they wanted to make you pay ten more dollars to run the shit better on like the brand new rig you just bought. Yeah, yeah, I, it's, it's stupid. It, it doesn't. It seems. I I don't know. It's just it, you're talking about your consumers here, the people who already bought your product, and now you want to gouge them a little bit more. It just doesn't seem. I mean, it's their right to do it. Technically, they're getting a superior product, so they should pay the difference. But I don't know. I just I feel like it would be better if they were like, "Hey, if you got the old version, we're gonna up upgrade you for free for now." Like you know, eventually stop it. But you know, we're less than a year into this generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just doesn't feel right. It's like, I honestly feel like it would have been better if it was just like, this is the PS5 version. If you want something better than your PS4 upgraded version, go buy it. And all this is layered on top of the fact that people are still frustrated that they can't find new consoles to buy. Like, Apparently the chip shortage is going to go all the way to 2023. Yeah. So... Mm -hmm. It's going to take a long time for the the world of tech to catch back up to that because everything uses it. Fucking smart refrigerators need those chips. Cars need those chips. Video games need those chips. Phones, smart toasters. Sure, sure would be nice if other people can make chips in factories somewhere outside of Asia. Yeah, too bad. It's it's uh, only that one country that knows how to manufacture things. I know, right? Really makes you think about a lot of different things. China. Um. Anyway. I mean, there's no other news. Uh, like I said, Matrix 4 trailer coming out Thursday. Um, so, Oh, and... Um, there was a new James Bond trailer. Yeah. <gasps> so, oh, and we they... see that? When's that coming out? November? November, I... Yeah. Are we going to do that? Are we going to go watch it and then come I'm back here and shit on it? You won. Yeah. We'll, shit on it. We'll do a, a new movie thing. But uh, also... They delayed the. T- I call it Top Gun too. I'm not calling it Maverick, but they delayed Top Gun two until like <laughs> next or the summertime. So uh, next, I don't give a fuck. I want Days of Thunder too. <laughs> the new the new Marvel movie broke Labor Day weekend. Shit, it, it went to labor. 
Yeah, it went into labor and it broke records. I was here like it's it was disappointing. Now I hear it broke records. Oh, oh really? Because like everyone I know, I, I, this is gonna get into the whole thing. I keep seeing people online, specifically like Facebook friends, being like, "Oh, it was great," but it's all the people that like. I get the impression they were gonna say it was great no matter what. You know, no offense to any of them, but I just I get the impression that a lot of them would have enjoyed it no matter what. Let me tell you. I don't know. I'll be I'll be your witness. I'll go in there and I'll tell you when I'm done. Yeah, I'm, I'm legit about these movies. I heard it's better. You bring it back here. I heard it's yeah. better than Iron Fist. So enough said. We will see. Iron I Fist was really trash. For the last, I haven't really cared for the last couple ones I've seen actually that much. Yeah, Black Widow was okay. Um, it was that's being generous. I think even I wanted to see that one. Yeah, yeah. unfortunate. But other than that. Google is giving me the timer here, and I think we need to end this episode. Remember, next week we're going to be doing Repo Man. Um, if you want to catch more Big Trouble Podcasts, make sure you go to Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And also, um, this Thursday we are doing Getting Some Color All Out uh, pay-per-view. Uh, did did we say we were doing Raw as well, or just All Out? We'll, we'll do that next week. It'll take way too long if we talk about both of those. True. All right. Until next time, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.